Usually I recommend people, if they're more hands-on fur people versus hands-on computer people, that they go and hire a service. Like there are some things in life you write a check for, and it will save you a lot of times and a lot of headaches. Hello, Positive Leaders. Thanks for joining us today. You are listening to the Positive Leadership Podcast with Andrea Crabtree and David List a podcast for everything a veterinary manager needs to know to get the job done. We've been there and we know how hard it is and are here to help share our knowledge and expertise to elevate you. I'm Andrea Crabtree, co-founder of Positive Leadership Podcast, owner of FurPaws Consulting, a certified veterinary practice manager, and HR certified professional. And I'm David Liss, co-founder of the Positive Leadership Podcast. I'm also a certified veterinary practice manager, hold an MBA, and I'm a registered veterinary technician. And this podcast is for you, the veterinary practice manager, supervisor, leader. We want to elevate you by equipping you with relevant content, material, guidelines, instruction, feedback, and pro tricks and tips. We will deliver real life experience along with our super smart guests that will get you through the obstacles that you're facing today with some bloopers and blunders along the way to remind you that you're not alone. FurPaws Consulting has deep expertise in helping veterinary practices reach their full potential for all types of practices, whether specialty, emergency, or general practice, by working alongside the practice owner and manager. Are you a practice owner or practice manager with a challenge and not enough bandwidth to tackle it? Reach out to me, Andrea Crabtree, owner of FurPaws Consulting, with the question that keeps you up at night. I'm able to provide expertise and insight to navigate those tricky obstacles. Find my info in the show notes. Email me at andrea at furpaws.us or check out my website at www.furpawsconsulting.com. Welcome back, Positive Leadership listeners. Today we have an amazing guest, Kelly Baltzell. She is the CEO of Beyond Indigo Pets Marketing. She is a BS in International Affairs and Economics and an MA in Counseling and Psychology. Welcome, Kelly. We are both excited to have you here. Welcome, Kelly. Woohoo! Yay! Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Without having to read a bio, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to be where you are today? Right place at the right time. Isn't that always the story? Yeah. Yes, uh, absolutely. 1995. So, you know, a few moments ago in time, I uh, was working for a company on American Online when the internet went public. And so my journey has been a long one. Um, since 1995, can't do the math, 25, 27, 28-ish years. Of, last week, last week. Last counting. week, totally Who's last counting? week. Um, <laughs> on the internet, and my journey is a wide and wandering one, but I uh, took a wonderful journey, landed in the veterinary space, been doing marketing, internet marketing since 1995, has grown and developed as the internet has grown and developed, and kind of woven in my own spice of life there. I'm a very empowerment, positive human being who wants the best for all of us. So our marketing reflects that we're a positive, positive based focused marketing company. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So you have quite a bit of history with the internet then. Just a tad. Yeah. Just a tad. Just a tad. So what is sitting on your nightstand? What book, what podcast, what CE class, like what, what's something that left a lasting impression on you? 
Well, I actually follow uh, Dr. Michael Sala um, and his podcasts and his books. He's an ExoPolitics Today um, author. So one of the things that I do in my copious amount of spare time, whatever that is, spare a few moments. Like, we won't measure that. We right? won't measure that. But let's say that when those moments sort of somewhat kind of exist, I try not to do things that are work-related. I need the work-life balance, right? And so I'm very interested in star families, outer space, spaceships, that sort of thing. So I read real-life stories today about that, or I'll read science, science fiction fantasy kind of around those genres, right? Because it also is very fascinating because it allows the exploration of ideas that are not constrained by reality or thoughts. So that's very intriguing to me. Huh. That's pretty interesting. I will say that's not what I would have, you know, most people say Simon Sinek or, you know, some sort of leadership stuff. So thank you for sharing that. That's super awesome. I don't watch a ton of stuff now because it's all, I mean, there isn't a lot, but sci-fi geek loved Star Trek when I was little. That you're right, that idea of kind of the expansive space and therefore ideas are not, as you said, constrained. That was a great way to put it. Right. And um, actually, a lot of them have come come to fruition. Right. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. iPhones. I mean, it's just you're right. There's a lot of the stuff that they yeah. thought about in the like 60s and 70s that has become commonplace technology. Yeah. Yeah. We do not have enough allowance, bandwidth space, whatever word you want to use for creation these days. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Very good point. So considering your background, so bachelor's in international affairs and economics and master's in counseling psychology, as well as having worked with and on AOL and internet, kind of the internet boom, why marketing? What brought you to do veterinary, or I, I don't know if you do veterinary exclusive, but marketing um, as your business and what you brought to our industry? The internet was like the nectar of the gods when that showed up. So for me, anyway, because international affairs is global, right? And it's worldwide and it connects and unites us all together. Back in the day when I was going to the college, you had the Peace Corps or you had international trades like money exchanges or energy. Those were kind of like the three big areas. And you physically had to go somewhere to do most of those. So that's one piece of it, right? So take keep the international global concept. And then the psychological aspect. Well, marketing on the internet is basically watching people's behavioral patterns and responding and reacting to them. So on the internet, it's a constant dog chasing its tail moment. So for example, iPhones, you kind of mentioned that. Before that, we had flip phones. We thought those were the bomb. Before that, we had like bricks that we called cell phones in various sizes, but it was still very cool. And you talked really fast because you got charged by the minute. Even before 2000, before there was underground cables being laid, you know, I'm old enough to know when telephone calls were 25 cents a minute outside of a time zone and you prayed and waited that you could wait up until 10 to have it to 10 cents a minute, right? Like these are things that um, put you into mind. So if that's the background that I was coming out of in 1995 and all of a sudden you have this thing called the internet and the internet is free global connections worldwide, global connections for free. You're not being charged 25 cents a minute. Now, AOL was very expensive at the time for $2.50 an hour. But when you go for 25 cents a minute, 
to compare to $2.50 an hour, that, that looks really cheap, people, really cheap to have all of these connections. So now you fast forward up to like using my example of the iPhone, all of a sudden now we have video connections around the world. So you have this drop of technology, be it the start of the internet or the start of the iPhones. That's a technology introductions. People reacted to it. All of a sudden, all of us were doing all sorts of things with a phone. So we could be in the car and we could be on the internet. That was pretty dang cool. We could know where the nearest pizza place was or how to get to a veterinary office, or we could get directions and not use it on a piece of paper to find our way someplace. So the technology hit, we as humans started using and adapting to it. The technology people, all the different platforms, Google, everything like that went, holy crap, look what the humans are doing with the technology. We have to adapt. So now the technology is adapting and then the humans go, what did the technology just do? And so the, um, the looking at the psychological aspects of how people are using the technology, how they're integrating with platforms, how they're integrating with each other is my psychological component that comes into it in a very international setting. It is absolutely those two degrees together is actually perfect for what I do. Very interesting how you have been able to integrate something that we would not, at least I would not traditionally see as somebody who does uh, works in the digital space or marketing to have those types of, of background, but you tied that in very nicely. Mm-hmm. You recently did a Q&A with Vet Success about data and marketing and campaigns. Yep. And if you can share a little bit about why accurate data is so important. I did find that article or the Q&A really key with how the words were used there. And I say accurate data because often what I find is junk in, junk out. Right. And how can we use some of that data to market our practices? Well, first of all, you have to know how to find the data, which is a key problem that we see when we're working with a lot of our clients. So regardless whether it's junk in or junk out or if it's pristine data, a lot of hospitals don't even know how to find the data that's useful to market their practices, right? So number one is finding the data. So usually that's a hurdle. So that's a bump. That's a barrier to finding the data, um, using data. And then once you do find the data, is it accurate data, right? So that's a second bump in the process. Yeah, right. So usually I recommend people, if they're more hands-on fur people versus hands-on computer people, that they go and hire a service. Like there are some things in life you write a check for. And it will save you a lot of times and a lot of headaches. This might be one of those moments. There are different services. Vet Success is now Vet Source. There's different places in the veterinary space that also pull clean, accurate data, but they go and do it for you for a subscription fee and they give you a dashboard and then you can see it right away, right? So there's that stops a lot of the bumps that are headaches and time producing. So, you know, Choose your battles, write the checks that make it easier on your life and quality, because if something is painful, we will save it until last. We won't do it. Everything else will float to the <laughs> top. That's the truth. Yeah. Right? Dodge that bullet any way we can. Any way we can, right? And so then, therefore, a month goes by, two months go by, three months go by, and you're like, crap, I haven't really looked at this. And then you wonder why 
you're not seeing any aging cats anymore because you aren't looking at the data that your aging cat population coming through the door is declining, right? So marketing is all about showing up the P&L sheet. It's supposed to bring you in revenue. Um, so what we like to do is look at the data where the dips are. So for example, lapse in clients coming out of COVID and things like that. We were in the COVID, we were playing whack-a-mole a lot, just taking emergencies, taking what we could through the door, what our personnel yeah. could handle, what the humans could yeah. handle. It was messy, but we did a good job, right? Nobody's ever gone through one of these before. But now we're kind of, we're way on the other side of it. I mean, way relatively term, but we are yeah, now- In comparison. In comparison, yes. Now we're picking up the pieces. That's the phase we're in and part of it. So look at the data. Where are your services not the same as it was before what you want to be? So one, getting access to data that you'll actually utilize and it's not like pulling teeth is number key, number one. Number two is actually looking at it and understanding it. So is the data displayed in a way that makes sense? Can you read the story in the data without interpretation? You know, like when I go get blood work on my animal, which I get a lot because he has a thyroid issue, I need the veterinarian to tell me if he's okay. It's not, you know, I can't read the blood panel myself and know what all the variables mean. I mean, I can make a guessy at it, but it's not going to be accurate, correct? So the data systems out there on the market today are really good in displaying it in ways that make it look like English. So we use a marketing dashboard through source that I created to tell stories of your marketing. So it, it's easy over a cup of coffee to go, wow, we're kind of lagging in senior cats. We better, if, if, if you want to see senior cats, that's another thing. If, then maybe we should start marketing towards them. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I think the peaks and troughs are where we want to identify those areas and then say, hey, do we want to look at this trough more? And then, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes you don't. Yeah. Some of sure. them make you miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just, yeah. <laughs> right? True. And some right. make you not the ideal client. Not yeah. the ideal client. So why bring in more of them? Right? You want to bring yeah. in the people right. that make you happy. That's very true. So taking a step back, you know, we talk about COVID, which scarily enough was going to be three years ago as of this month right. uh, when California locked down. It's kind of hard to believe. Yeah, but really hard to believe. I think that there's a lot of practices that are still dealing with the pent up demand that mm-hmm. they face. And it's probably easing now. And we're starting to see a little bit of some kind of year over year visit declines. Um, but the practices are still busy and probably were probably more like 2019 busy now than we were 2020. However, I still work with a lot of practices and talk to them and they still are my, possibly resistant to marketing because they just say, I have all the demand that I need. So, mm-hmm. you know, my question to you, Kelly, is, you know, we've been understaffed. We've been drinking from fire hoses. We have had more clients than we've known what to do with. Do practices really need to market themselves, even the ones that are still shut to taking new clients? That's a really excellent question. And I get asked it a couple of times. So you were maybe partially right and also partially have a void of information. So when we look at marketing, when you're doing digital marketing, you actually have two client bases. Now, this is the part, partly the part you don't have because it's just a lack of knowledge. One place is current and future clients. That's a bucket of people that you market to. That is a 
a demographic that has many layers, but let's just say that's one bucket. The other bucket actually is the internet itself. That we consider a client when we're doing your marketing. So it's the platforms, Google, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Nextdoor, in your area, Yelp. All those businesses are a client of yours when you're marketing. And why is that? That is because each one of those platforms have rules. And the rules are there to discourage people who are doing nefarious things on the internet and to winnow down to find the legit clients that match the demographic that you're willing to pay money for to bring tails through your door if you are doing ads. So these businesses are changing all the time. Google is changing while we speak. They change moment to moment, hour to hour. And if you don't keep up with their rules, they'll drop you. You'll just start sinking in their algorithms because you're not matching what they believe people are looking for. Again, it's that psychological intermix sort of thing. So as they change, the businesses need to change. If you're choosing not to change as a business, the platforms are like, that's cool. That's fine. We're just not going to put you in the top searches because therefore you're not relevant for what people or what we believe in our databases, which are massive. Like Google sits on a mother load of data is showing and that's fine. And, and they just won't even tell you about it. It's kind of really like Minnesota, nice, polite here. We'll, we'll be very polite to you, but we just won't come back to your restaurant again. If the hamburger's not done right, it's the kind of the same concept, you know, there's no <laughs> confrontation here. It's true. So, you know, they'll, they'll just kind of slightly start dipping you. And there's things on the internet that we do for the platforms that we don't really sometimes do for people at all. And there's things that we do for people that the platforms really don't care about. And then like a Venn diagram, there's a whole bunch in the middle that overlap. So with marketing, it's a drip on the stone. It's consistency. It's a drip on the stone over and over again. Those are not my rules. Those are the internet rules because that shows that you're interested, that you're an active business who is willing to play by the rules of the internet. So the internet will keep you in their top box of resources to show. So that's one reason why you still market, just a consistency. It's sort of like coming in for a wellness visit every year in the veterinary hospital. Like you just come in, you make sure the blood works fine, the animal's cool, catching things early so you don't have major disasters everywhere. If you keep that engine running, when you do want to turn up the volume on anything in your practice, the engine is already running and we can take off and hit the decks running. Otherwise, it's three to six months to a year, depending on the density of people in your area and competitions that you have, and also dollars. So if you haven't been marketing and you're on page 210 and you want to be on the first page, Google can say, no problem, write a check. We'll put you at the top of the page today. It yeah, ouch, that's, that's pretty far back, right? 210 pages. If you're not relevant. You're not relevant if you're off the first page. That's the deal. Yeah. That's Mount Everest. You got to climb there. Yeah, it is Mount Everest. So that's one answer. The other answer, too, is your current client base could spend more money with you if they know the offering and the services that you offer. Yeah, more visits or increased client transactions per client. Yep. Yeah. So I would say that one of the things that I encourage, at least with my clients, is, is we have this database of clients that we already have. And like right. what you said, you you hit the nail on the head of we can have increased services with those existing clients. Correct. 
So maybe yeah, it's been... what about deferred services and all the things that we didn't do at the time of the visit because of the ear infection? There's so many more things. So I like that. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that conversation of we're so busy, we are drinking through a fire hose. Why would I even need to market? I hear these little buzzwords that are coming in little by little, and I mean trickle, but they're words like recession. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're not fully booked. We're starting to slow down. We're finally not hiring anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we're at, you know, we're at where we need to be. So what are some of the benefits that a practice can get from marketing and campaign service like Beyond Indigo? Where is it that we can benefit if we're finally like at where we need to be? So first of all, typically, again, I'm going to use the wellness exam example. You come, Perfect. You, Perfect example. Right. You come in and you figure out what's working and not what's working. Like you assume it's all working. That's the hope, right? Like you hope the animal is working well and working well and everything's going great and all that sort of business. But just like a wellness exam, you you have a set of protocols that you go through to make sure that animal is truly well at the end of the process, right? The same goes for marketing. When you first start hearing these words, again, it's the train on the tracks. I'm going to use, we go through like, whole bunch of words just went through my head. So we go through a couple of things with your marketing to make sure you are well, like the animals well. And I call it the marketing car. So I use analogies because it's easy to understand. In your rural world, we have a car that has four wheels typically. They all need to run at the same speed and they need to go down the road. Well, the same goes with your marketing. So one wheel is a website. One wheel is search engine optimization, which has like five or six sub areas. Another wheel is social media, which has multiple sub areas. The fourth wheel is reviews and local chitter chatter. The chassis of the car is blogs. And then you have a marketing plan. Why, when we look at wellness plans, when we look at a hospital that comes in with these questions and these keywords, we first look at all four wheels of the car to make sure they're running, running correctly and running at the same speed, um, because that's what the internet requires. Google codes itself to Facebook. Facebook codes itself to reviews. Reviews code itself to blogs. Like, like they all, you know, they all interchange together. So the very first thing, just like a wellness exam, is the car running? Because if the car is not running, you are not showing up as a business where you need to be to then do marketing campaigns on where the dips are from the data. So it's it's like a logical thing. Pull your data, where's your dips? Okay, so that's one piece of information. Then the second piece of information is just a, a general audience. Is everything running? Do you have access to everything? Do you have usernames? Do you have passwords? Are the business owners admins? Do we know where to find everything? And the list is long and usually the answer is no, we don't know where everything is. So you get all that together and then you use that marketing car to drive the results. And the results may not be tails through the door. The results may be increased compliance for rabies of your current population base right? That may be a marketing goal. And there is confusion that everybody just thinks marketing means more tails through the door. That is a myth right there. Each business has not always, not always. Mm -mm. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess it would say that depending on what we're focusing on too, like what our, our campaign is for. Right. And then depending why they should use Beyond Indigo or another marketing company, first of all, find a company that's a good fit for you. Not all companies are a good fit. It's like dating. Like you're going to be working closely with your marketing company. Make sure you like them. Otherwise, you won't use them. And then your marketing will go yeah. off the cliff and then you'll be crabby yeah. about it. Right? So let's not do that. Yeah. Um, the second thing is we have people who are watching and knowledgeable all day long. Like with a huge list of services, most people don't have a blog writer on staff or a graphic artist or a copywriter or somebody who knows to place Google ads at the maximum click-through rate that will charge you less because there is a game. There is a, there is a, a method, so you don't yeah, spend Yeah, the method to the madness, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it's the expertise. Why do I go to a vet instead of doing it at home? It's the same thing. And a completely different wheelhouse, too. Like, I'm right. not going to even pretend to think that I know what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, vice versa, wouldn't know how to run a single lab machine in the back. Or, right. as I tell people, all of you know one pink thing inside of, uh, from another pink thing inside of an animal. I don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, we all have our specialties, right? Yeah, absolutely. Very true. If we do go into a recession, practices, let's just say, let's start from the client side. So clients find not necessarily less money in their paychecks, but maybe they get laid off or maybe their company is not giving as many bonuses or if they are an hourly or a per diem employee, you know, the company's cutting those folks. So that trickles down. They go home and we have a lot of inflation going on now. So costs are up. And they decide to say, you know, I'm not going to take Fluffy to the vet for his dental or for his vaccines. I'm going to throw that three by five card in the trash. And fast forward to veterinary practices, as Andrea said, going, it's a slow day today, or we're not booking surgeries or, you know, whatever those things are. So if we are, and then at some point the government magically says, okay, we're in a recession. So if we do go into a recession or are in a recession and we see that slow down, how would you, if a veterinary, if you were doing some outgoing calls and maybe yourself trying to drum up some business and people said, I just can't afford marketing, how would you explain to them the ROI, right? The upfront investment rather than it being like an expense. Let's think of it more of as an investment. How would you kind of explain that to them? Well, first of all, that's a wonderful point because most people think marketing is an expense and don't realize it should be an investment, right? What I tell them, first of all, is don't stop marketing. That's the wrong time during a recession or when money is tight because of inflation. Whatever word you want to talk about that the dollars aren't flowing as greatly through the door. Stopping marketing is the last thing you should be doing. You should be keeping your marketing going or even increasing it a little bit because studies have shown, like during the Great Depression, the companies that marketed were the ones to rebound the first and actually stayed on their feet better. Interesting. Yeah. 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 And they were quite aggressive about it, actually. And even some of the marketing, some of the things today that you wouldn't even know were aggressive marketing campaigns back in the day or what are standard today like do you know that diamond rings for engagements was a total de beers marketing campaign that has stuck for over a hundred years wow everybody used to choose their own stone huh. of choice no idea ah huh interesting mm-hmm. 
So, but you wouldn't know it because it's so woven into our fabric today that when you go get married or go get engaged, you go go look at a diamond ring because the beers kicked that off way back in the day. There's some fun videos about that out, out there, by the way. So first of all, don't give up marketing. Historically, it has shown companies who have dug in and kept up their marketing have stayed viable through the time. It is also um, when they need to start looking about different creative ways to bring tails through the door in maybe not the large size um, transactions they may have had in the past, but lots of little ones add up. And also educating helps people about if you take care of Fluffy's health today and spend $100, this is how much a missed UTI can cause down the road, and this is what it can cause. Like if you spend a little bit today, you can save a lot of it later. Conversations is a really good one to have. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because people just don't know. They just don't know at all. So some education helps with that and also education on how to keep your pet healthy like please don't feed them raisins grapes or have them drink out of your wine glass it's kind of known as being fatal or an emergency room visit is really expensive for that like there's things that most people don't understand so marketing that if you are a practice who believes in pet insurance pet insurance can cover a lot of expenses for people coming through the door if you're a hospital that or a practice that embraces pet insurance, we should be marketing that to new pet owners who could qualify for that to cover expenditures. That's just naming a few things. Also, if you have your marketing car going down the road and it's going in place and you look at your books and you have a dip and your social media is active, at 9 a.m. you can say, first person who calls gets a 25% off appointment today at 1 o'clock. So the hospital gets 75% of which is better than 0%. So there's yeah. things that you can do on the spur of the moment if everything's running, right? But if it's not running, then you can't drop something like that for a quick turnaround. It just, it'll fall flat and it'll just look at you. Can you talk about a few things that we do on a regular basis as practice managers or just in practice that are just straight up mistakes, like just stop doing this right now. It's, it's hurting more than it's helping. Yep. So... They're kind of all psychological issues. So I'll put that out there first. Number one is they assume they don't need marketing or they don't need marketing help and that the lead tech or the practice manager has a plethora amount of time in their lives to do it and can shove it in the cracks of time. Can I tell you how many times I've heard they're on their phones all day, so therefore they should know how to market on the internet because they are on Facebook. Yeah, not quite, but yeah, okay. It's not the same. Like the back end is not the same in social media for a business perspective as well as from a personal point of view. So they assume they don't need it or they assume they don't need all four wheels of the car. They're like, well, I have a website. I don't why I don't need to know what people ate for lunch on social media. I think that's bogus. Well, regardless of what you personally do in your personal life with social media or anything like that, the way I describe the internet is how it works. So you either play the game or don't play the game. That's your choice. But then the internet will make choices for you on your visibility. So that's number one. Number two is shotgun approach. It is just like I just said, they have a website, but they don't manage their reviews because it pisses them off too much. So they just don't want to look at them. Well, the reviews aren't going away. You don't get to control it. You just get right. to steer it. Right. So 
not Don't looking sweep at it, it under the rug. Does it make it go away? It doesn't yeah, make right. it go away. The third thing is consistency. Marketing on the internet, the rules are a drip on the stone day after day. And that's really hard for a small business of any size or medium-sized business just because we operate with multiple hats. We tend to do more fire management than consistency. Big corporations are more built for consistency, um, which a lot of people don't enjoy, which is why they're in small to mid-sized businesses. So you need a program or a plan to keep marketing consistent so that you are it is there for you to utilize when you need it the most. Otherwise, you have to start from scratch and it takes months or a larger check. That's the way it works. Okay, good feedback. So switching gears from what we do wrong, what are one or two things, Kelly, that we can do? So we record these on Fridays, we release on Wednesdays. We always like to make this really actionable. So things that as the listeners are listening on Wednesdays, they could literally 8 a.m. Thursday morning start doing to be better marketers for their hospital. Well, first of all, look within themselves and decide if they're willing to embrace it. That would be the first start. We were talking at some point that we always kick the can down the road on the things we don't want to do the most. So I would encourage in people that marketing can be fun if you embrace it. So go out and try it, embrace it. And then I would say that they need to do an audit on what platforms they have and if they have the usernames and passwords. That's something they should have on hand. They should actually either use a digital vault, like one password.com is a digital vault. It's a It's a subscription-based thing where you keep all your usernames and passwords. If you're not digitally inclined, that's cool too. Then you get a piece of paper and do it the old method and make a couple of columns of, okay, where is my domain name hosted? Oh, it's hosted at GoDaddy. The username is this. The password is that. Okay, where is the website hosted? Username, password, right? To all the marketing platforms that you use, and then you keep a copy somewhere safe. And if it's on a piece of paper, you keep it like scan that in maybe and or keep it safe, but don't pass it around to the whole team. I mean, that's literally the keys to the castle. And you should also have a copy offsite in case something happens in the veterinary hospital, you know, flooding or fire or things like that. They do happen. The dogs eat it. Keep it offsite as well, because if you don't have access to some of your platforms, you will never get those platforms back. Like Facebook is really fussy about some of this. So that's what they can actually do Thursday morning over their cup of coffee is just try to get that all in one place. Because whatever marketing you do, you're going to need that information. I like the data vault. I'm contemplating that. Mine's the old school, like uh, Excel sheet. <laughs> Right, it works. It works for you. It, yeah, but that's cool. It works. It works though. It does. It totally works. And yeah. the, and you need something to work now, right? Oh, like if you're me. trying right. to also. My husband is not. He's super techie, and he's always like, "When are you going to switch over to the the vault?" You know, and you're just the like, "Vault." And I'm like, "Oh." It's kind of scary, and it's hard, and there's a learning curve, and then you have to think about it, and then you have to remember your vault password, and you only need one yeah, password. Right. But what if? But you, if I can remember one password. <laughs> Right? Maybe I can write that one down and then right? So I mean, <laughs> then I can get in. <laughs> it's a thing, right? But if you use a digital vault, then you can actually give permissions to different people in the hospital for different things. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So if you have somebody who just needs to post the cute puppy pictures on Facebook, well, that person gets a certain access level, but they don't get to see all the other passwords. 
They just get to see the fat Facebook password, right? And even in Facebook, you can give different levels of access from admin to view only in Facebook. Mm. So looking at the permissions becomes, that would be the second thing, is who has access where in our former employees still having access to these various platforms. Because a lot of times you do, you get busy, you forget, and then you go in there and go, oh crap, I didn't know so-and-so still had access to these various pieces of information that the company has in their marketing. It just, it happens. Yeah. Could you give our listeners one piece of advice and tell us why that? On marketing, exactly. Any kind of advice you want. Life advice, marketing advice, anything you want. I would tell them this is a life marketing thing combined that I see a lot in the veterinary space. Don't assume there's a disconnect. So everybody assumes that whatever they do on their electronics and their gadgets and in life in general is one thing, but that their clients absolutely don't do that same thing. So you may really prefer to chat with somebody on a website. Like most of us don't want to make phone calls these days. Like we, the phone calling has gone down the priority list. We'd rather communicate some text email, something else, something else like live chat on the website, or I've had clients blowing up my phone today that I'm watching who are on Google, my business. And, you know, potential people are going through the messaging system on Google My Business and like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And and that's going through because we're multitasking and we may not be in a place where we can make a phone call. Right. I mean, there's lots of different reasons, but they assume people want to call to talk about their pet. Just using this example, when themselves don't want to make a phone call. So there's a disconnect there. So the one piece of advice is whatever you like to do yourself, assume your clients do, too. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Assumption. David and I talk about assumptions all the time, right? You know what assuming is? Yes, I do know what assuming is, but it's the strangest (laughs) thing. And then I'm like, why, why do you think your people don't want a text message? And then they're just like, don't you? Well, yeah. Okay. So why don't you embrace text messaging in the practice then? Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. So we all have the encounters. With clients, typically, sometimes not always, sometimes it might be a practice owner with another employee. So I would assume with you, it's probably one of your clients who is one of our hospitals, who knows. But tell me about a time where you were just completely like palm hit the forehead, didn't hit the ground and you were like, what the hell? I can't believe this happened. You can't make this shit up. Tell me about your story where you were just completely shocked. It was around reviews. And especially when reviews were a little bit newer item, had a little bit more importance on the internet, but it still has today. So the issue with reviews is we can get kind of heated about them if they're negative, right? And we can feel all wonderful if they're glowy and praise that we ourselves internally. So there's emotions. We have have feelings about reviews one way or the other as the owner of a business. So there was an owner of a business The wife was the owner of the business. The husband was at home doing some other job or watching the kids or whatever. I can't remember. A negative review came in. Happens. Life happens. It's how you deal with it that matters with reviews. The husband took offense and started shooting off responses on the review platform to the negative reviewer. The hospital is unaware this is going on at home. 
that these review wars are starting and flaming up. And the more it gets going, the more the husband is trying is incessant about defending the practice and his wife and everything. And it it becomes like a raging inferno fire by the time the hospital, it becomes aware of like what is going on in this background and then asking us how we can help with this. Like, right. So yeah, it wasn't a good situation. Probably wasn't a good day for their marriage either. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Like you did what? So yeah, so reviews are important to have a review policy in place that also, you know, partners of the of employees at the practice are aware of. Like, you know, if it's a business thing, stay out of it. Basically, if you're aware of it, yeah. text me. If you see it, text me. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, right. Give me a heads yeah. up, right? Like, that's right. cool, but it's my deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's my little house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Andrea here. Have you seen our social media pages? Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find us on our website, www.positiveleaders.com. And if you like what you see there, be sure to give Rhonda and Linda a shout out over at Dog Days Consulting. They do all of our social media management. They even built our website. Those ladies can work some creative magic for your business and your brand. Check them out on Facebook at Dog Days Consulting or visit their website at www.dogdaysconsulting.com. So at this point in the show, we're going to go into the rapid fire. Tell me about your most epic failure that has left a lasting impact. Deleting an entire site off of American Online. Tell me about your proudest moment. Becoming a mom. Why veterinary medicine? What do you love about our profession? The humans and the animals that are in it. Self-care, how do you practice it? How do you decompress? Every day I ask myself, how do I want to live today? How do you balance work and life? And do you experience any work guilt in that balance? No work guilt. I practice it every day with focusing, how do I want to live today? What keeps you up at night? Things that stress you out or cause you anxiety in the world or your business? That changes by day. But I have an absolute rule, which is I am not allowed to get actionable on those concerns until 6 a.m. What gets you up and out of bed in the morning? What excites you to start your day? Life. What color best describes you and why? Purple. Because it radiates out warmth and love. And if you could be any animal, what would it be and why? An elephant, because they are wise. Awesome. Well, that was. Pretty damn amazing. That was great. (laughs) Best rapid fire we ever had. Yeah, this is so (laughs) much fun. So much fun. Thank you, Kelly. You guys, you know, gave me the questions. I just thought about them. You are welcome. Can you give a shout out to where our listeners can reach you should they want to uh, chat with you or follow up? Beyondindigopets.com. Contact us is the best place. Perfect. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, it's great to have you on. And Keep helping our awesome practices and have a great weekend. For all the positive leaders listening out there, we hope you learned something to take back to your practice to put into use tomorrow. We want to hear from you, good, bad, and everything in between. So email us at positiveleaders at gmail.com. That's positive with a -A P-A-W. Want to hear about a specific topic on the podcast? Email us.
Want to have your You Can't Make This Shit Up story featured? Email us. You can listen to us on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the Positive Leadership Podcast. And be sure to rate us. Check out our website at www.positiveleaders.com. That's positive with a P-A-W. And as always, catch us on all the socials. This is Andrea. And David. Signing off until next time. Stay happy and sane. The Positive Leadership Podcast is solely for informational purposes. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions provided in this podcast are general in nature, and such information, statements, comments, views, and opinions, and the receipt of this podcast by any listener are not intended to be and should not be construed as the provision of any business advice. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions expressed or provided in this podcast, including by speakers and guests, are those of Andrea Crabtree, David Liss, and their guests only, may not be current, and do not represent the statements, comments, views, and opinions of any other person or business entity. Andrea Crabtree, David Liss, and or the Positive Leadership Podcast do not make any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of any of the information, statements, comments, views, or opinions contained in this podcast, and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage of any kind whatsoever, is expressly disclaimed.